Hello and welcome to the Activate Podcast. My name is Jill Pelkey, and it's my prayer that this Activate Podcast would help activate your faith as we explore the Bible together, and it would help activate our very lives in service to God as we apply the Bible, serve God, and love people. Today we're going to be talking about a message entitled, How to End an Affair. So let's start with prayer, and then we'll dive right into the Word of God. Jesus, you are wonderful. You are the king above all kings. You are our Lord. You are our everything. And today, God, we want to hear a word from you. So God, I ask that you would speak through me. You would speak your word into the hearts of every person listening. God, I pray that we would be soft like clay, able to be molded in your hands. Mold us, God, into the way you want us to be, because that's the best way. Your thoughts, they're higher than our thoughts. And your ways, they're so much better than our ways. And so God, today we come under your authority. We come under you and we look to you as our Lord and our King and our God. Jesus, have your way in our hearts and in our lives today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. The message today is entitled, How to End an Affair. And we're going to be taking a look at the person of John the Baptist and the King Herod who was ruling over the land when John the Baptist had his ministry. John the Baptist was said to be the greatest man to walk the earth. I know that sounds surprising because we think Jesus, he was the greatest man to walk the earth. But Jesus himself in Matthew eleven eleven says, John the Baptist was the greatest man to walk the earth. Now, obviously, Jesus was man and God, so there's no competition between John and Jesus. But he says of him, he is the greatest prophet, and he was the last of the prophets, because the prophets had been prophesying, a Savior is coming, a Messiah is coming, someone who is going to free the captives, someone who is going to take people out of darkness and bring them into light. He's going to bring peace. He's going to bring everything that we've been longing for since the beginning of time. A Messiah is coming, and the final prophet declaring that the Son of God was coming was John the Baptist. John the Baptist had a simple message, and as he stood in the desert, he would call out and say, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is near. Repent means to stop sinning, means to consecrate yourself, to cut off every evil thing, to become right, righteous and holy. And you think about how hard that was for people of that day because they didn't have the power of Jesus, the power of the Holy Spirit. They had knowledge of rules. They knew what was right and wrong because it had been outlined for them in the Ten Commandments and the 200 plus rules that went with the Ten Commandments. They knew they had the knowledge of right and wrong, but they didn't have the Holy Spirit like we had the Holy Spirit as a guide and a conscience every day telling us right from wrong. So John the Baptist is calling out, repent, repent for the kingdom of heaven is near. And in Isaiah, it talks about how when Jesus comes, he's going to make every mountain straight. He's going to raise up highways. He's going to make the path clear for us. And that's what John the Baptist was preparing for. Get ready, get holy, because God himself is coming in the form of Jesus to earth. People were listening. People were turning from evil ways. People were coming from all around. Even the staunch religious leaders came out to this gathering. And John the Baptist said to them, you brood of snakes, you brood of vipers, why are you here? You're here just to look good. He said, God wants to change you from the inside out. 
He doesn't want you on the outside to appear holy. He wants you to be holy all the way through. He told them to repent and change their ways and be baptized. He also called out his message of repentance to everyone, including the king. King Herod was the ruler of that area at the time. This wasn't the same King Herod that was there when Jesus was born. When Jesus was born, there was another King Herod. He was called Herod the Great. And he was the one who had all the baby boys killed because he didn't want anyone competing with the greatness of himself. And so he uh, had called for the death of all the infant boys after he had visited with the three wise men, the Magi, who had come from the east. And Herod had all the babies killed. And that's when uh, Joseph had a dream and was told to flee to Egypt and took Jesus and Mary to Egypt. They returned when Herod died. Now, this Herod that we're talking about is one of Herod's sons. But Herod was kind of like another word for king. So uh, this king, this Herod, was ruling in the time that John the Baptist is in the wilderness calling for repentance. And his call for repentance didn't just call out when it was convenient. It called out to everyone, including King Herod. King Herod was married to a woman named Facilius, and she was the daughter of another king. So he was married to a princess and there was another woman, and we know her by the name of Herodias. Now, Herodias just means belonging to Herod. So we're not sure exactly what her name was before her and Herod joined forces. Herodias was Herod's half-sister, and she was married to his uncle, Philip. And Herod went to where his uncle Philip lived, and his uncle Philip went on a trip, and Herod had an affair with Herodias. And so he invited Herodias to come and be his new wife, and he divorced Facilius, the princess. And so Herodias uh, left Uncle Philip and married her half-brother and moved back with Herod. This sounds like so many stories that I've heard with people I know, so many stories I've heard on TV, so many stories I've heard in movies. It just happened. They just really loved each other. And so now Herod has had an affair and he has taken somebody else's wife and he's divorced his own wife. And so the message of John the Baptist stayed the same. It wasn't a message of convenience. It was a a steadfast message that went forth to each and every person. And it rings true to us today. It rings true to the generation that will come after us tomorrow. It rings true for all time. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven now is here. And so his message went out to Herod and to Herodias. And he said, what you're doing is wrong. Your marriage is not right. As you can imagine, neither Herod or Herodias liked this message from John the Baptist. Neither one of them wanted to hear what they were doing was wrong. They knew that it was wrong, but they didn't want to hear it. And they certainly didn't like that it was being proclaimed for everyone to hear. And just like us with our sins, we don't like for them to be proclaimed as wrong. We like our sins to be hidden. We like our sins to be convenient. We like our sins to be overlooked. And we like to say, well, I may be sinning, but I'm not sinning as bad as the person next to me. 
So Herod and Herodias decide to have John the Baptist put in prison. John the Baptist is like the conscience calling out to Herod and Herodias. And so in a sense, they took their conscience and they put it in prison. They said, we don't want you talking so much anymore. We don't want you proclaiming that our sin is bad so much anymore. You go away. Many of us do the same thing. We want our conscience. We want the Holy Spirit speaking into our lives, but only when it says the things that we want it to say. We make excuses for why we've done the bad things that we've done. We say, I've sinned, but you've got to understand why. I sinned because I was lonely. I sinned because I was so sad. I sinned because I was so tired. I was just so tired I had to. I was just so busy I had to supplement my life in this way. Sin is fun for a season, but it always leads to death. Sin is fun for a season, but it always leads to death. A bad attitude is fun for a little while, but it always comes out in evil. Flirting with someone who doesn't belong to you in marriage is fun for a season, but it always ends in evil. Sin affects everyone. It is never an isolated event. Sin affects everyone. It is never an isolated event. You won't feel free when you sin. You won't feel free when you sin. When you smoke, when you drink, when you cheat, when you swear, when you yell, fight, curse, run away. No, you're going to be bound up by that sin. Sin brings death, but Jesus brings new life. Friends, if we don't want Jesus Christ as our Lord, if we don't choose Jesus Christ, then we are in fact making a choice. You choose Jesus or you choose an anti-Jesus. Jesus or anti-Jesus. Jesus or an anti-Christ. You have Jesus or you have another Christ you are following. You elect someone else to be your king. Your affair is your king. Your smoking uh, or doing drugs is your king. Your bad attitude is your king. Your refusal to submit to authority is your king. And what Jesus says is, I want to come and loose every chain. I want to come and set you free from every bondage. His death on the cross, his blood shed for us, was to release us from every bit of sin that had so easily entangled us and bound us up, unable to move forth with the missions that he's given us to do. Herod and Herodias knew that they were bound up with sin and they didn't want freedom. And so they put their conscience in prison. We too, 
at times in our lives can choose to put our conscience in prison. God, I know that you're real and I know that you're good, but right now I'm tired and I want to run after something else. God, right now I know that you're good and I know that you're real and I'll get to church on Sunday, but today's Wednesday and I'm too tired to serve you. And so I'm going to take my conscience and I'm going to put it to the side. And I'm going to serve another king, the king of my own selfish desires. Herod goes on to have a huge party to celebrate himself. And during this party, Herodias' daughter, not Herod's daughter, Herodias' daughter from Philip, the uncle, her daughter comes during the, the festivities and dances before Herod. And he loves this dance so much. And he's so pleased and pleasured by this dance of Herodias' daughter that he says to her, her name was Salome. He says, Salome, you can have anything you want. Your dance was so wonderful. You can have anything you want. Up to half my kingdom, whatever you want is yours. And so Salome runs back to her mother, Herodias, and says, Herodias, mom, what is it that we want? We can have anything we want. We can even have half the kingdom. Do you want another palace? Do you want more servants? What is it that you want? She said, I want the death of my conscience. I want to put to death anything that would say that my evil doings are wrong. I want that away from me. I'm running away from my conscience. Take my conscience and kill it. And so Salome went back to Herod and she said, Herod, stepfather, I want the head of John the Baptist on a platter right now. <clears throat> there comes a point when we've put our conscience in prison for long enough, and it keeps coming out at different times. We keep hearing it at different times. The Bible says that Herod used to go down into the prison, down into the depths of the, the prison, and listen to John the Baptist talk. Because he wanted to hear when it was convenient for him. He would go down and hear him talk about the wonders of the Messiah. But he didn't change. But he didn't set him free. His conscience was a conscience of convenience. And then finally, Herodias asks for the death of her conscience. I want to be free because I'm sick of hearing about the things I'm doing wrong. So she thinks freedom is going to come without God. Freedom never comes without God. God is the author of freedom. He came to set people free. He can set us free in ways that no one else can set us free. He can set us free in a moment, what would take a counselor years and years, a psychologist years and years to do. And counselors and psychologists are good, but God is so much better. And he can come and he can heal hearts and he can change spirits. But she decided to put to death her conscience. She thought freedom would come when nobody was calling out her sin any longer. And many times, we as people will leave churches, we'll leave uh, groups of friends because they're telling us what we're doing is wrong. We run away from our conscience time and time again. We'll say, you know what? 
I want to live like this, and I'm going to find myself a church who will accept my sin. I'm going to find myself a group of friends who will say, yeah, this is a good idea. When God says it's not a good idea. And you have John the Baptist in your life calling out to you, saying what you're doing is wrong. But you run away. God designed the church, the bride of Christ, designed so that we would rub shoulders with other Christians, so that we would be put in places of confrontation with other people, so that we would have friends and people that would speak into our lives and say, what you're doing, is this wrong? But instead, we like Herodias say, I don't want to listen anymore. I'm going to run to the next church. I'm going to run to the next group of friends. I'm going to find a group of friends at work who say it's okay to be with someone I'm not married with. I'm going to find a group of friends who encourage me to drink, who encourage the activities that I'm doing. I'm going to get a group of friends and a church that will accept sin because then I'll be comfortable and free and happy. And that's a lie. Freedom comes in holiness. So, John the Baptist was taken, and in the moment of his being beheaded, two things happened. In the moment that John the Baptist was beheaded for standing up for truth, in the moment that he died, he was completely free. In that moment, he was with Jesus in heaven. In that very moment, he was with God. His freedom was complete. His job was done. He didn't waver or wander. Jesus said he was the greatest man to walk the face of the earth. But a second thing happened in that same moment. The freedom of John the Baptist and the chains of guilt The chains of sin wrapped tightly around Herod and Herodias and Salome. They killed the Lord's anointed. They killed the last prophet. John the Baptist said, repent, turn away from your sin. The Messiah is coming. And Herod and Herodias said, no, I don't want God. I want to satisfy my own desires. My own desires outweigh holiness. I hope this is hitting home with some big areas of your life. And I hope it's hitting home with some small areas of your life too. Because the Holy Spirit came when Jesus died and ascended into heaven. He said, go and wait in Jerusalem because I'm sending another. I'm not leaving you alone, but I'm sending you the comforter, the Holy Spirit, and he will come and give you all peace and wisdom. The Holy Spirit is our guide. The Holy Spirit is God here on earth with us. And if you'll listen... If you'll open your ears and listen, the Holy Spirit will tell you right from wrong. God will tell you right from wrong. Jesus will tell you right from wrong. You have the Bible with clear descriptions of things that are good and things that are evil. 
You have the ability to walk into a church family with pastors and staff that will help you to decipher right from wrong. Please listen. There are voices. There's not just one voice calling out in the wilderness anymore saying, repent, turn, because the kingdom of heaven is near. Now the Holy Spirit is in you. Now the Holy Spirit is in you calling out to you, repent, turn back to Jesus. Because the kingdom of heaven is no longer just near. The kingdom of heaven is here. Freedom is here. Why are you holding on to your sin? You're headed straight for death. Turn around. Turn around from the edge of the cliff because your sin is not just affecting yourself. It's affecting everyone around you and generations to come. You can either be walking towards evil. You can be walking towards holiness. There's no standing still. You're walking one way or the other. You have a Christ. Is your Christ Jesus or is it your sin? Is it an antichrist? There are voices calling out to you to come back to holiness. Jesus came to set every captive free, to break every bondage, to take away every bit of shame from your life. The Bible says uh, that sin easily besets us. It easily tangles us up. We have to run back to the feet of Jesus and say, God, Thank you for Jesus. Thank you for forgiveness. It's common that we sin, but it needs to be common that we come and bow before God and ask for forgiveness. I want to tell you how to end an affair. Walk away. Walk away from it. Ask the Holy Spirit to help you to stop today. Make things right with God. Confess your sins, and he will be faithful and just to forgive you your sin and to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. How to end an affair? You end it. You walk away today. You don't wait for a convenient time. You don't wait for a Monday to roll around. You don't wait for Sunday to roll around. You end it today. You say, I decided to listen to the one calling out to me saying, repent The kingdom of God is already here. I don't have time to waste running after sin. Turn from your sin. Turn to Jesus. Let him begin to cleanse and to make things right. He'll make a way where there seems to be no way. He can move mountains. He can change hearts. He can change people. And though it may hurt for a season to get things back and right with God, it's a much better direction leading to life than it is leading to death. If you are entangled with drugs or alcohol, if you are entangled in a big situation of sin, if you're entangled in a situation of gossip, if you're entangled in a situation of not submitting to the authority given to you, today is the day of repentance. There's no three-step process. It just says a, a declaration to end it today. A declaration that you are going to turn and walk toward God and depend on the power of the Holy Spirit to guide and to lead you. If you're struggling with sin, I would advise you to find someone to walk, walk this path with you. Someone who's uh, living for God and has lived for God for years. Call someone. Confess your sin. Let them help you. Let them walk with you. Someone you trust and you love. That's what the body of Christ is supposed to be for. 
Don't call someone who's going to agree with your sin and say, yeah, this is a good idea. Call someone in your church, someone you trust. Say, here's what I'm dealing with. I want to get better. Because when we confess, we can begin to walk in a different direction. Something very interesting happens at the end, uh, uh, the last time we hear of Herod. When Jesus is arrested, Jesus is brought before Pilate, and Pilate sends Jesus to Herod to be tried by Herod. Herod is now very interested to see Jesus. He wants Jesus to give him a word. He wants Jesus to perform a sign for him. We're going to go to Luke 22. In Luke 22, Jesus is before Pilate and then before Herod. Jesus is before Herod. And I want to tell you what he says to Herod. The Herod that killed his friend, John the Baptist. Herod's looking for a word from God. He's looking for Jesus to do a miracle. He's looking for something great. Herod begins to question him and question him and question him and question him. And Jesus says, nothing. He said, nothing. The voice of John the Baptist called out loudly to them. And they put the voice of reason, their conscience, in prison. And in prison, it still called out to them. And they killed it. They killed the voice calling out to them. And then when it was convenient or fun for them, they wanted another word from the Lord. And the Lord said nothing. If you want a word from the Lord, listen today. Listen while he's calling out to you. Listen today. Sin will lead to death. But Jesus came to bring life, and life abundantly. Let's pray together. Jesus, I thank you. That you are mighty in every situation. In moments, God, where I felt like I was completely alone, I never was because you were there. In moments where my sin had entangled me, in moments where I thought this is the end of me because I am so wretched and terrible, you came and you said you would set me free. And Jesus, I thank you for time and time again setting me free from sin that had so easily entangled me. And God, I pray over every person that's listening that they would take that step to ask for forgiveness, that step to confess their sins to you, that they could come and be healed and set free. The good news is that we have the ability to have freedom and forgiveness from every sin. There is nothing impossible with you, God. There's no situation you can't turn around. There's no situation that you can't use to eventually bring you glory. 
So God, I pray for every person that's struggling, every person that's contemplating ending an affair or ending a sin in their lives that has entangled them and kept them down. God, I pray that today would be the day, that today would be the day that they would say, I am done putting to death my conscience. I am done putting in prison my conscience only for when it's convenient. Today is the day. Today is the day where I accept your ways, God. Today is the day where I accept your word. God, I pray that people would be made free right now. God, I pray that people would be set loosed from things that have bound them up for so many years. Your word is so good and you are so powerful and you can set us free. God, I pray right now you begin to loose chains. You loose things that God bound up people for so long. I pray freedom in the name of Jesus, the name that is above every name. God, you are so good. God, I pray that you would minister by your Holy Spirit to each and every person that calls out to you. We know your word says, if you uh, seek me, then you will find me if you seek me with all of your heart. And God, I pray that people today would seek you with all of their heart, that they wouldn't put parts of you aside. They wouldn't put part of your word and your holiness aside, but they would step into all that you have for them. And today would be a day of salvation again. Today would be a day of fully submitting ourselves to you. Because God, when we're in your hands, hands, we have life abundantly. Help us not to hold any part off to the side. Help us not to have sin on the side. It's you and you alone. It's not you and anything else. We don't need anything to supplement how good you are. You are more than enough. I don't need you and anything else. I just need you. And so God, I pray that you would become everything to each person that's listening, that you would become everything that they need. Free us, God, from sin. You sent your very son to free us. I pray that people would accept it today. Accept their freedom. Jesus, we thank you for who you are. In Jesus' name, amen and amen.